You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to another episode of the film feast podcast i'm your host matt bledsoe and as october rolls on um we continue to talk all things horror uh and this week we are talking about wes craven's new nightmare from 1984 tell me talk about it i'm joined by someone i'm happy to welcome back to the show he's a writer and podcaster and has just launched a brand new podcast uh with our friend uh, the show rob antiquera called chainsaws and claws it's patrick bartlett patrick how you doing i am good how are you I am doing great. I'm excited to talk to you again. <laughs> Me too. As we talked about before, it's like it's been a while, but not too long. And how podcasting time is very strange. But you have a <laughs> you have a new podcast since you've been here. So that's exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. I'm really excited <laughs> to do it with, with great friend Rob, who I mean, I think his episode comes out right before this one. So yeah, so people have just heard Rob and now they're hearing you back to back weeks. And uh, he did do the, the pitch or the explanation of your show. Uh, uh, if you want to do it again, that's fine. <laughs> like the I mean, basically just yeah, just like he and I, we just I mean, like I'll just basically talk about the 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 germ of it then. Um, was that we realized a long time ago, weirdly, that like we have the exact opposite like upbringings in a lot of ways, and like our kind of polarities are very different. But like we had, we realized at a certain point we have like exactly the same taste in horror, like and like especially because like our favorite stuff was like monster movies and slasher movies. So then we have come together as we have like, we have formed like the Wonder Twins um, to create our own thing where we talk about monsters and uh, slashers and some things that are slightly outside of that that I have explanations for and we will get to them. <laughs> Fantastic! And I the today you and I are recording this the day the first episode dropped officially, and I just started listening to it because it came out a little later in the day, and I got maybe 10, 15 minutes in, but. I can already tell you guys having a ton of fun. It is definitely like listening just to two good friends, you know, talk to each other about movies and and laugh and crack up, which I'm all about. I love that kind of stuff. So like when the co-hosts have natural, actual chemistry. Oh, yeah. No, I love Rob. Rob is like the fucking coolest person I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys know you're both you're both great. I'm glad to have you here back to back weeks. It was not planned when I, I didn't know that. Podcast <laughs> yeah, existed. no, he texted me and he was just like. Yeah, I'm actually recording with him the day before. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he told me an episode. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it, I want to do both. <laughs> I did not know how much of a carpenter you guy you were until until that uh all these episodes you've been doing, other podcasts have come out. And I'm like, well shit, we should have invited Patrick too to join us. But uh next time I do Carpenter, uh well maybe after I have an episode planned with somebody else to do Carpenter, but we can do a Carpenter episode in the future, a hundred percent. I will I would talk about many, many of his movies. So uh, he's one of my favorites as I talked about on the last episode. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we are talking about new nightmare. So I hope you're a big fan of that one too. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes. Like it, it's funny, like we'll get into it, but like 
uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is like the least fucking consistent franchise. However, three of those movies are three of my, like probably at least top 20, probably at least top 50, but probably in the top 25 of, of my favorite horror movies. I'm I, I'm surprised to hear you say it's the least consistent because my vote would be for the Halloween franchise. That's very close. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, the least least consistent is probably the Texas, the Texas Chainsaw franchise because that is oh, so Jesus. fucking up and down. Yeah, um, Hellraiser would be up there too. No, because Hellraiser, I had this, I had this question with Rob where I was like, no, Hellraiser, <laughs> everyone is a little bit worse than the last one that came before it. So like, it's, it is very consistent in that respect. It's where a it's slow... Like, Slow the first the one's box. amazing, and then the second one is good, but not as good. It just it just steadily just tumbles downhill. <laughs> well, I see your point. I, Halloween just has so many so many stops and starts and different timelines and different and different like okay, we have the two Rob Zombie movies, we have the new David Gordon Green trilogy. It's like there's so many different you know and which actually is, but I will say that it is kind of nice though because now it's very much like you can literally. I mean, you can watch all of them if you so desire, but you can also, if you only like, like, let's say the David Gordon Green Path, you can just watch those. If you just like, like the OGs, you can just watch those. If you just like, like the original two H2O Resurrection, I don't know why you like Resurrection, but rock on. Um, <laughs> that exists. Like, that's a path you can stay on. If you only like Rob Zombies, you should see a therapist, but like, they're there. They're just, they're right there. Oh, I have I have many friends who are big fans of those Rob Zombie ones. I'm yeah, I don't understand bit. it for the life of me. Like I literally, even last year, I tried, man. I thought maybe I was wrong. I fucking can't. I just fucking can't. I tried so hard. I can't. I've I've been open. I think that I I watched his, Rob Zombie's Halloween one and two back to back. I'd never seen them before. I sat down one day and watched them on Blu-ray together and had a. I was miserable afterwards. I, oh, not, dude, oh, not fuck. fun movies. But I watched just part one last year and liked it better because I also watched the theatrical cut, not the director's cut, which was definitely better. Uh, it's like, and I'm like, okay, I still am kind of, I don't know, I'm warming up to this. And I liked his two more than I liked one. A lot of people say two is better, but the thing is, like, I genuinely really like, okay, <laughs> I have only walked out of one movie in my life and it was not this. But it was very close to being the first Rob Zombie Halloween. Only because I did not pay for the ticket did I not leave, but I did almost leave. And then, like, I, like, all my friends were like, the last couple of years were like, the zombie Halloweens are awesome, actually. And I was like, maybe I was wrong. And actually, Rob can attest to this. I was texting him while I was watching it. And literally, as like within two minutes, I texted him a GIF of Job from Arrested Development saying, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> I was like, this is actually worse than I remembered. And like, I kept wanting to turn it off. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll get it out. And then like, literally, as soon as they got to the point when like, basically they make the decision that Michael's going to stay in the insane asylum. I was like, cool, happy ending. Michael's, Michael's locked up. Evil is punished. That's the end of the movie. I'm done. I'm done now. I don't want to watch anymore. This is fine. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I think you're still in the majority on not liking his Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. I think if you went out and asked people on the street... Uh, they would not be fans of those movies, but uh, there is definitely a love for them, especially on Twitter and you know other places online. But it's I, I'm tr I'm giving it a shot. I'm trying. I, I uh, you know I don't know, but I, I swear now. to God, I tried but... twice. I tried twice. <laughs> God damn it, I really did. 
I've only tried one so far. I got to try a second time. Uh, it's like, so I have to ask that. What's the one movie you walked out of? Uh, this, this upsets Rob to know, but okay. um, <laughs> it was the hurricane heist. Uh, the, the action film. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like dumb fun. And then it was just really, really, really dumb. And like, eventually it just like, I, I, it just wore me down to like, they didn't even get to the hurricane part. I was like, I'm, I'm out. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out of here. <laughs> I thought that was a fake movie. I think when I first heard about it, I was like, that's not real. Uh, and then it played in theaters. I was like, oh, okay. It's real. Um, okay. Well, that's understandable. I, I don't know. It's like, I mean, hurricane heist. It's not like you said, I walked out of, uh, I can't even think of a good example. Some beloved movie. <laughs> oh, know? no, yeah. No, I really like, I think it was funny. It was like, uh, it was when I had Movie Pass, which is the only reason I felt good about leaving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I was like, who cares? I basically paid like $2 for this ticket. Um, but yeah, it was funny because like my girlfriend at the time kept insisting that we not go. And like, I went by myself and I was like, she was right and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And you had to admit, probably, you were like, okay, you you were right. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad time. Oh. It was a bad, bad time. <laughs> wow. Well, that was a fun tangent that we went on. I don't even know how <laughs> we got through all that. But um, but before we talk about New Nightmare, which I'm excited to talk about, uh, have you watched anything good lately you want to talk about? Um, well, for one thing, or bad. <laughs> today is Mean Girls Day, so I rewatched Mean Girls, which is a good time always. Um, it's <laughs> It's funny, like most people think that I'm kidding. And I was like, no. And I didn't want to watch it when I first saw it because I saw it when it first came out. And like uh, my best friend was a girl and she was very girly. And I was uh, a hardcore kid. Like I was like all in black and like shaved head, like leather jacket, like whatever. And we went to the video store together and she picked The Notebook and Mean Girls. And I told her, I was like, so I will have my period after we are done with these films then. That's good to know. Um, and we watched them and I actually liked both of them quite a bit. Um, and I have watched Mean Girls every day on October 3rd, like subsequently. Wow. It is, it is really good. It's really funny. I, like, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was dragged to it. I somehow ended up with my mom, my sister watching Mean Girls in the theater, and I didn't want to be there. And then I was like, this is really funny. Uh, it blew, it surprised me, it really blew me away with how funny it was when I saw it because I did not want to be in there. I was like, this was really funny. And I've probably seen it many times since. I don't watch it every October 3rd. But I know I saw many gifts today. It's the day. It's the yes, uh, yes a fucked over third. Mean Girls Day. It's Mean Girls Day. So okay, that's and then also uh, on the exact opposite spectrum, um, I watched recently because they just released the 4K from Scream Factory, uh, the 2013 Evil Dead remake. That is, it, it, that is it's the complete actually, opposite. <laughs> it is actually grosser than I remembered it being. And I'm oh, sweetie about this. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remembered it being pretty gross. But like I was literally watching it, like holy shit! Like this is disgusting! Like Jesus Christ, what the fuck! It's like, brutal. and I still think it's really fun in terms of its like grossness. But holy shit, is that movie fucking disgusting? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I did a whole podcast on Lindsay's show actually uh, last October when she had Evil Dead, and I ended up picking the Evil Dead remake. And we paired it with Cabin Fever, I believe. Oh, fuck yeah. Those yeah. are also very gross, but yes. <laughs> it's always, yeah, it was very gross. Uh, they're both, yeah. And I I missed the Evil Day remake in theaters. But I remember- Oh, I saw it in theaters. Holy shit, man. That was a good experience. <laughs> I wish, it's one of my most regretted, uh, regrettable movie uh, theater crew that I did not have. Because a group of friends of mine who I normally would have gone with went. I can't remember if I had to work 
right? Something else going on, but I couldn't go when they went. And at the report I got afterwards about this movie was like, they were all like, like shaken to their cores. They were like, holy shit, dude, you will not believe what we just saw. And I was like, what? Like, I can't eat. It was raining blood. We, it was like, they were like, it was disgusting. Like it was insane. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed this movie. Um, and yeah, I can't, I've watched it multiple times. And every time I'm still shocked at the stuff that happened, especially I feel like near the end. I mean, there's just a ton of crazy gnarly. Oh dude. Yeah. Like, I think it was like, fucking hilarious. Was that, um, I remember, I'll never forget this. Um, because the way I generally react to gore and the way other people, like normal people react to gore is different. <laughs> and I forget that, um, until I'm in the theater when, um, they're doing like, the, the gag where she like, um, cuts off her own arm yeah, and yeah. <laughs> all of my friends are reacting with just pure like horror. And I'm literally sitting there laughing hysterically at like just how fucking hilarious and wonderful it is. <laughs> and like, they're looking at me as if like, I am laughing an actual human bird person doing that in front of us. <laughs> just like that look of just disgust and horror on their face. I will never forget. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, I remember <laughs> I must have seen a theatrical cut first. And I was like, I cannot believe they got an R or got this release in theaters. Cause this is like one of the most violent, bloody movies I could imagine be seen in a theater. <laughs> like uh, it's bananas, but I do really like it. I do. Uh, I do enjoy it. Um, I probably will pick up the 4k though. Cause I'm trying to limit myself on what I upgrade to. And I just got to draw the line at certain places. <laughs> no, like, for me, it's like, if I, it, okay. Because I already have many of the Stream Factory things on Blu-ray that they're now releasing on 4K. And I'm like, well, I'm not fucking doing this twice. Like, no. But, like, <laughs> there are certain things where it's like, I, if I only have them, like, on DVD, which is the case with that movie, like, the new Evil Dead, or the, yeah, the Evil Dead remake, then I was just like, yes, I will buy this 4K and I will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Though that makes sense. That makes total sense. <laughs> like, especially if I just bought a Blu-ray, too, and they're like, here's our new 4K. I'm like, god damn it. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this again. Like, uh... Yeah, that makes sense. If you have like a DVD or like even, I mean, there are some Blu-rays that are kind of crappy or very bare bones, you know, maybe you make the jump to 4K, but like, yeah, yeah I, otherwise I can't. But that's like... The only I, things, there, there are certain things where I can't help myself, like the Lost Boys 4K just came out. And I've literally owned that movie in every format that I've ever had, but I will continue doing it for as long as they release it because I love the Lost Boys so much. I understand. We just did an episode on it, and I, I get it. Uh, I was thinking about that one, and I was like, oh, maybe I should get the 4K. Uh, there's a, oh, they got me recently because this is not horror, but they're putting planes, trains, and automobiles out in yep, 4K. and they're doing the, the extended cut, yeah. <laughs> the extended cut, or they have all at least all the scenes. I don't it's, know how. And they're going to get me again. Yeah, there's some yep. They're going to get me again. Because I have, that's my thing too, about like, just like a, a comedy. I'm like, I don't need that in 4K. What am I, it's not, a, it's not like a visual feast, you know, it's not like. <laughs> no. But I'm like, oh, God damn it. They got all the extra stuff on that movie. And I'm like, I got to see that. So that's how they got me with that one. But it's a, it's a sickness, the us physical media collector. <laughs> yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's also just like, I mean, this, I don't have the same thing as I did. Because like there was, I remember like when their criteria released the Breakfast Club, where like they did all the deleted scenes. And that was like my holy fucking grail. Like I never thought I would even see those. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, so once again, you are unearthing because as much as I love John Carpenter and I like whatever, uh, John Hughes is also phenomenally fucking important to me. So whenever you tell me that there is like unearthed John Hughes footage that I have not seen before, I'm like, well, <laughs> like here we go again. That's fine. I'll buy it again. I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's like I need this. So, um. Okay, well, Mean Girls, Evil Dead remake, 
Anything else? <laughs> um, <laughs> Where do we go from there? <laughs> I rewatched the original Candyman last night just because I was in the mood for it. That's still, it's it's not, I don't think as good as the new Candyman, but it's still very, it's still a good time. It's still like creepy and fucking just gross and wonderful and good times. I enjoy it. I enjoy the new one more, but the old wow, one is still okay. good. I think. I I'm I will say I'm the opposite. I I I love the first Candyman. Like I think it, I I don't know. I I go on record, but I always hesitate because I, I think it may be the best horror movie of the '90s. But then Scream exists too. I was gonna whole... say I will fucking fight you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I go, but they're very different. They're very different. But I love the first Candyman. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, always gets under my skin. It has since I was a kid. Still freaks me out. Um. I think it's so good and i the new one i thought was fine i thought it looked really nice uh i just i could i need to watch it because i but i could not really i didn't fully get into it i guess but i uh but yeah i i love the first candy man so i mean the I'm, whole thing is the first one i like it now um but when it first came out okay wait, when it first came out when i was a little kid it was scary when i watched it as like a teenager or like early 20s i was just like this is boring as fuck like i do not find this scary at all <laughs> and then um the new one was coming out and Jordan Peele was a fucking God to me. So like the fact that Jordan Peele was involved, I was like, well, I have to fucking see it. I don't care that I care about Candyman. Like I got to see it. And um, I was there opening weekend and I was just like opening day. And I was like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. Like this is all I ever wanted from a Candyman movie. <laughs> this is literally everything I ever wanted. And so then I went back and watched the original again. And I'm like, it works now for me better because it works as like kind of, it sets up, context for the new one in a way that i think is really cool but like the new one plays better to my sensibilities mm -hmm. but the old one has a lot to love about it so like i definitely appreciate it more now than i used to okay all right no i i can see that i mean like what you like i, I can't fault you for <laughs> liking the new one more than the original uh it's it's, it's a well-made movie i remember like yeah like this is really i don't know i i do need to watch it because i don't think i fully uh I don't know. Not like I didn't grasp it, but I don't know. I just if I watch them maybe back to back or something, maybe that'll help too. I don't know. But um but oh here's a question because I was about to watch the third Candyman movie, Day of the Dead. Any thoughts on those sequels? I actually have <laughs> never seen the third one, and I've only seen the very beginning of the second one. Like his Rob, I remember bought uh Candyman 2, and he was like, Look what I got. And I was like, I have no opinion on that whatsoever because I've only seen the first <laughs> 10 minutes of it. So like it's a great first 10 minutes, though. That second oh, movie. Oh, no, the, the beginning is awesome. But I think that I was like, I remember, I think I saw it in like a video store or something. And so, like, I was just like, I saw that and I was like, oh, cool. And then I just kind of moved on with my life. <laughs> I never saw it again. <laughs> okay. I thought, because the third one's on my stack of like stuff. I bought it. It's a Vestron release. So it's very cheap and it had great cover art. And I was like, have I? It even did seen have really good cover art. It's I do remember the cover saying. art being rad. <laughs> the cover art's awesome in the movies. And I, I could have sworn I'd seen the movie, but it, it might be one of those things where I'm not even sure if I ever really saw it. It's on my stack for October. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Do I want to pull the third Candyman movie off the shelf? And how's that going to go? Uh, so, but I was At the very least, I guarantee you can't like that the like Tony Todd will be awesome and make it worth watching. Because I mean, that yeah. was like my one thing with the new one was I was just like, I am loving this, but I was like, if I don't get at least a goddamn cameo from Tony Todd, I'm going to be pissed. And then like the very, very end, like when he has a little cameo, I was like, and I'm satisfied. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you stuck the landing. We're all set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'll have to report on the third Candyman uh, when I ever get around to watching it in October. Um, okay. Um, anything else? Or was it was just those three. 
off the top of my head, this I think it's. Uh, I mean, I tried to watch Blonde. I didn't make it more than forty minutes in. Wait, what was it? Sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I tried to watch Blonde on Netflix. I oh. cannot make it more than forty minutes in. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I was gonna plead the fifth on that movie. <laughs> I really, I do. I, I had an open mind. I was just like, because I was just like, I, a lot of people were saying like, I. It seemed like everybody was either loving it or hating it, and I'm just like, let's see which camp I fall into. And then like I watched it, and I was just like, like literally like, and it it, it also it didn't help that Rob was talking about the fly too at the same time, which then sounded more interesting. <laughs> so like <laughs> at a certain point, I was not enjoying Blondes. So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna watch the fly too instead. It's fine. Yeah, Blonde was a uh, commitment. It's almost three hours. I don't think it needs yeah, to be Yeah, that's why hours. I took it off in 40 minutes. I'm just like, there's still two more fucking hours of this, dude. And I'm not enjoying it now. Like, it's not going to, no, I'm good. I gotta yeah, get the fuck I, out of here. All I, it's, a, it's been a real lightning rod online. So I don't, it's scary to even talk about Blonde. But I, I kind of, I did kind of fall in the middle. It, people seem to like absolutely loathe it or they think it's great and brilliant. And I kind of went right to the middle. I think Anna Moss is really good. And I think. No, she's great. I definitely, the, the part that I saw, I, I thought that she was good. It just, the movie was just not. Oh yeah, I was I, it's a miserable. It it's a miserable yeah. experience. Like, and <laughs> it looks really pretty. And Andrea Moss is great. I, there's some good supporting characters, but or actors, but it's it's a miserable experience, especially one that goes on for almost three hours. You will feel god awful. And I watched that and Rob Zombie's The Monsters in the same yep. day. Yep, which I was watched the them most... two days. I watched <laughs> The Monsters on Saturday, and then I watched Blonde. I tried to watch Blonde on Sunday. I should have uh... watched Monsters right after Blonde because it would have been a nice like palate cleanser of like oh nice joy and happiness after three hours of misery (laughs) probably fair oh so yeah yeah um yeah i don't know if i can even say go back to blonde if you weren't enjoying the first 40 minutes just maybe just let it go and oh no i definitely let it go i'm i don't i i'm fine i i'm i'm good (laughs) it's just like we're talking about like off mic about me and the rob zombie halloween i'm like I'm good. I'm fine. I, I don't need to. I know I'm fine. I'm good. Then <laughs> I'm letting it go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that's all you had. I said two things uh, real quick here. Um, one movie is a movie I've heard about for years and years and years. I think the first time I heard about it was on the Bravo 100 Scariest Movie Moments. And it's been on my radar that long. I've never seen it. Um, Session 9 from 2001. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if you'd say this. Like, clearly, it sounds like you have. Oh, um, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, I I was always interested in it um, and finally watched it. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was very yeah. good. Very creepy. Um, people don't know. It's I a mean, very simple setup. It's this like asbestos crew is coming to clean out an abandoned mental hospital. that has a very dark, haunted past. And it's who's the oh, God who's in here? Um. David Caruso. That's all I remember cast wise. Yeah, David Caruso. Josh Lucas. Uh, a guy named Stephen. I don't know if that's like Gavedin. He's a guy you'd recognize from stuff. Like he just a guy that pops up. He's very Irish, I believe. Um, he's uh, if I'm thinking <laughs> I thought of his resume, guy. very Irish. <laughs> very Irish. Um, Paul Gilford, who's another guy. Just there's a couple of that guy type. Larry Fessenden shows up like kind of near the end, out of nowhere. Um. And yeah, basically, so this, these guys go in um, to do this cleaning job on this old mental hospital, and it's things start getting, it's in the course of like a week, and they really get the job done really quickly. It's like a rush thing, and weird, spooky things start happening. Um, it is very creepy. It's got great atmosphere. The location is fantastic. I think they shot it like a real abandoned hospital, I believe, and uh, um, it's very... It's it's a very creepy setting, and uh, 
they what's I gonna say they the only thing I really did not like, but I kind of got over it was the way that it shot. It's very like early two thousands digital looking. Yes. Which is not my favorite thing usually. Uh I like mid two thousands Michael Mann digital, not Earth. <laughs> it's like it's a little I cheaper mean, looking. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong, but at the same time, I feel like they were like like Michael Mann was shooting on like the best possible equipment. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's where like, they're like... shooting on like basically it's a movie that nobody wanted to make. So it was like hey, let's make it for like the barest possible amount of money that we possibly can. And so therefore you have shittier equipment, but it's like, to me, it doesn't bother me because it's just like, with a really good movie, it's shot on like fucking like 16 millimeters. Like it's still good. Like I oh, just, yeah, it looks yeah. like shit. I mean, it's, I mean it's... Evil Dead looks like shit, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's just kind of more jarring to start. I think it's worse when they're like doing outdoor daytime scenes that digital doesn't look as good oh, when no. you're kind of in the dark and like in the building, it, it looks better. But, and I got over it pretty quickly. It was just one of the things that was kind of jarring. I was like, Oh, right. This was a look. And this was a super cheap movie. I remember that it was like very low yeah. budget. Um, but it's effective. It's good. Um, I know some people on letterbox complained. It was kind of slow. I, I thought it kind of is a slow burn that works. Cause the characters are interesting. They have good actors, like actually, you know, playing the characters, like, um, which always helps. And, yeah, it's it's um it was good. I'm glad I finally got to see it. Um and let's see here. The ending also really like paid off. That was a, a slow burn where the ending pays off is like, okay, this was all worth it, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, like, the, like that movie, like that thing is like it's funny because like my brother and I became Brad Anderson fans after that because we liked it. And so like we saw the machinist before anyone knew or cared. And like oh, yeah, I still haven't seen the machinist. Oh yeah, that's, if you like this, you'll love that. When I was looking at his resume, I was like, oh, God, he was the guy that did Machinist, a movie I also still have not seen after all this time. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, uh, that's, 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 I would say that's, I mean, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to compare them necessarily because they're very different, but, like, I think that's at least equally awesome. Okay, that's, I do need to see another one. I, all I ever heard about it, the Christian Bale, like, losing weight, you know, when he was super yeah. skinny. That's all I ever heard about the movie. <laughs> and it's like, but I, people said it's good, but otherwise it's like, oh my God, give me a skinny God. I'm like, well, I, I barely know what the movie's about, honestly. <laughs> so <laughs> um, another one for down the road, eventually I will see it. Um, so, okay. And the other thing I just saw that uh, came out much more recently than session nine, uh, but I still feel like I took forever to see it. Um, was the night house. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my picks are going well with you. This is good. Uh, yeah. The night house came out. I believe 2021, I know I was joking with like my friends Mark and Hayden about this, that they call it like 2020 is like the festival date, but it really came out to 2021. So, um, but just, you know, it's a very recent movie. Uh, Rebecca Hall plays a widow. Um, her husband just uh, committed suicide. And um, it's, I mean, the first hour of the movie is mostly her just like dealing with the the grief and other people around her and, and how they interact with her. And she's just, just such a good actress that it's like she's carrying most of it with how good she is. And like there's not even that much happening, but it was very invested because of how good she is and how she plays it. And I think it's like and I was joking again with uh, Mark and Hate about how I know I keep joking about I'm tired of like horror movies that are meditations on grief and depression but this is a really good one. <laughs> so I mean, to be uh, fair, I, yeah, I mean, just good to be good horror is good horror. Like, I mean, yes. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that like, it's like the meditation kind of thing with like elevated horror or whatever. But I was like, night house. It's funny. Cause like, I'm not the biggest Bruckner fan. Like actually feel like a lot of his stuff is very like, not like, well, I mean, I would say it's generally pretty slow, 
but I was at the night house kind of is perfect. Like in a lot of ways, like I just, I really, I really liked it. And I really, I, I walked into it like not really having expectations at all. And then like, I know I came away from that movie. Really, It's really good. It's really creepy. Granted, it doesn't hurt that I was going, going through some shit when I watched it, but like mm. that. Yeah. I do. I, Oh my God. I, I really liked that movie. That was like, that's a really fucking good movie. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I, uh, I kind of put it off. I don't know why i think i just felt like i wasn't in the mood for that kind of thing but um i put it on i was instantly into it and i i was telling somebody too i uh you probably gonna disagree with me but i feel like i i barely could even i i could have gotten rid of some of the supernatural stuff and i still would have enjoyed the movie because i thought it was just a good, oh yeah no i mean i i like that drama stuff too yeah. but yeah no yeah it's like the movie is still i think the movie i think it's the reason the movie works is because like it does work regardless of whether or not you have that aspect it's just that's what pushes it into horror territory. Yeah, exactly. It, it's definitely creepy at times. I wasn't, I thought it'd be scarier. I think people talked about it to be like way scarier than I, but again, horror is so subjective. Exactly. What's scary, yeah, but exactly. Um, uh, I could tell, I, I liked Eric Bruckner because I liked this a lot. I really like The Ritual, which I feel like is a forgotten Netflix movie. I, I don't dislike, I, but The Ritual, it's like, I don't dislike it. It's just the only thing I really remember about it is I like the design of the creature. I like think the design of the creature is oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. movie itself, I don't remember really anything. <laughs> like it just didn't do like it just like it it's fine. Like I don't dislike it, but it's nothing <laughs> where it's like it stuck with me anyway. It was just kind of like, well, that was a really cool monster design. That was pretty <laughs> sick. I remember that one actually getting under my skin and creeped me out a little bit because there's a whole part where they go to like a cabin and they stay like overnight there with the four guys and it's a lot of creepy shit happens at that point. And like there's a anytime we throw people into the woods and they're fucking with like time and they come out and they're like they're like, what day is it? Why is it so dark out? That kind of, you know, like yeah. I, that's in like that's in the uh, Simon Barrett Blair Witch. There's a lot of that stuff where it's Which like. Which actually, I do really like. Everybody hates that movie with me. I, listen, I, hey, Patrick, talking to the right guy. I like that movie too. <laughs> like that movie freaked me. The I saw it in a theater. A, a yeah, me too. Empty theater because nobody saw it. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought the last, I don't know how the, the finale basically was very scary. Um, I get very freaked out by the idea of going into the woods and getting completely disoriented and lost and you cannot get out um which ritual does and Blair Witch does obviously like the idea of like your compass isn't working and you're like you're you know the the sun isn't moving but it's like oh now and then it's like now it's nighttime for you know you're just all disoriented that freaks me out like this is why I don't go camping but like, that's fair that is legit like I mean the only reason that it doesn't freak me out is that I was forced to fucking be a boy scout of the child or cub scout so like you put me in the fucking woods, I'll find my way out. But it's just like, I don't, so I don't get scared. I'm just like, ugh. So it's like, that's like, it's like <laughs> you're more annoyed by it than scared. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah. it's like, like, like the Blair Witch, I always loved like uh, the original. I liked the, the new one a lot, but like, I never really found them like scary. I just thought they were awesome. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was, that did, did freak me out. The, the first Blair Witch, I, I don't want to get to it. I, it never, as a kid, when I saw it after all the hype, it was like, it was just a bunch of people getting cussing at each other and throwing the map around and being assholes. And but it does, and dude. I will tell you though, you're not you're not wrong, and that's the way I land on it too. However, there was one kid in my grade who was like a tough guy, like whatever. Who uh, I was wearing a fucking Blair Witch T-shirt when I went to school because uh, I was obviously very cool. And um, he came up to me and he was like, "That's the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life." And I was like, "Really?" And he was like. <laughs> He's like, dude, it scared the shit out of me. And I was just like, oh, like rock on. And he's like, didn't it scare you? And I was like, are you going to hurt me if I say no? Like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this situation. 
Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I think the ending's very scary. The ending's always stuck with me. The last, yeah. but that's like the last five, ten minutes. Like that's like not, you know, it's but it, it's it sticks the landing. I just think, yeah. But um, but with David Bruckner, like with the stuff he's done, very excited for his new Hellraiser movie. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Neither one of us have seen that yet, even though by the time this comes out, it will be available on Hulu. But I have high hopes for it. I've heard a couple earlier views that are good. Mm-hmm. Um, watching Nighthouse, I was like, okay, again, another. I think we're in good hands with David Bruckner as the director because he's got. I feel like he has good control and like just a tone and just of what he's doing. He feels very confident. Um, and I just like his style and yeah, he's good at making things creepy for sure. <laughs> so yeah, no, um, I, I'm I'm really excited for that. So, um, yeah, Nighthouse was great. I'm glad I finally watched that as well. So, um. And that was all I had. So now we can get into Wes Craven's new nightmare uh, from 94, which is a movie I don't think I saw until, oh, God, probably in the past 10 years or so. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm way, way late to the party. But I have a whole I know I've talked about it a little in the past on the podcast, but I had a horrible Freddy Krueger fear like as a kid like i that was my phobia you know <laughs> like i could i i know like it was so bad i was so scared of freddy krueger as a kid that i didn't want anything to do with him until i was like i think safely into like my 20s i was like and then i was kind of like this guy's funny what was i scared of but uh like <laughs> except in the nightmare he's not it's not funny anymore but um the i when i was a kid it was like if i saw that we had a local video store uh like a mom and pop shop. And for the longest time, it felt like they had a Freddy Krueger uh, cardboard uh, cutout standee right in the front door. And I'd have to like cover my eyes and run past it every time I went to the video store because <laughs> I was so freaked out. I remember there was a time me and my dad were like watching some something on VHS and I was had to be five or something, five or six, and was a Freddy Krueger like. A, tra- a pre-trailer came on the VHS and I got so freaked out. I remember I was like really upset and crying. My dad like, it's okay. It's okay. It's like, we, like we he like turned it off. He's like, don't worry. I'm like, yeah, Freddy Krueger. Like he, he was like the boogeyman to me truly. And uh, then I grew, I grew up and I was like, what was I so scared of? He's really entertaining. <laughs> but as a kid, he's my worst nightmare. So. <laughs> What's the thing is like, for me, it's like, I've talked about this like before, but um the f- okay i don't know exactly like what the first horror we ever saw was like i, I had like really vague memories of watching the universal monsters when i was really really little like, before i even have memories like the first one i remember making a scar was nightmare on elm street like when um especially like, the bit when um she's in like the body bag and like whatever that scared the shit out of me like it oh, yeah. scared me so bad that i i to this day i remember how i felt and i can't watch that stuff again I mean, I, I watch it all the time, but I can't watch it without feeling like that that intense sense memory comes back and I get really scared again because of how deeply it fucking cut. Um, but really my whole thing with like Freddy and Jason for that matter was I was never like scared of them per se because like for me, it was always kind of like they were kind of like super villains in a way mm-hmm. where it's like, cause I love comic books and stuff where it wasn't like it's kind of like because they were so it's like they and i don't want to say overexposed but like in that age like in like the 80s 90s like it was like they were like so ubiquitous that like i never like had a thing where like they were deeply frightening to me because like to me they were just like dr doom and magneto they were like they were awesome <laughs> yeah. but they weren't like scary and it was funny 
Because, like, by the time I saw New Nightmare, um, it actually, I was old enough that it shouldn't have fucked me up as bad as it did. Because I was, like, it came out when I was 11. I probably saw it when I was, like, 12. Um, But because I was a little horror nerd, it played and preyed on everything that I knew and used it against me. In, so it actually ended up freaking me out as much probably <laughs> as mm. the original in a lot of ways, because um, I knew like that, like Heather Langenkamp was an actress playing a role. I knew that she was married to a special effects guy. I knew Robert England was a guy playing a role. I knew who Wes Craven was like, I knew all of these things. I knew how makeup effects worked. I knew like, all of it was stuff that I knew. And so like, when I'm watching the movie, like I'm getting my, like I, I feel it being like scary, or whatever. But it wasn't like deeply like frightening while I was watching it, like where I was like huddled in a corner. But it was like after I finished it, like walking around my house at like again, I was like 12 years old. I could just kind of like almost like feel like Freddy's eyes on me, like around every corner. Like it, it burrowed its way into my subconscious as being real because everything they showed me that I knew in my brain was real. So it's like, it fucked me up hard, like hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see that. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny you bring up how like ubiquitous and, and mainstream Freddie was by that time, because like, sounds like for what you just said, you're maybe about like four years older than I am. So like, you probably were, I was unaware of any of that. He was just like, I missed like, cause there's a whole thing on the never sleep again documentary about like how mainstream he became like in the late eighties, especially it was like, you know, they had, he had toys and masks and a phone line. And like, you know, it was like, he, he was in full like jokester mode and I, but I was too young. So I kind of missed that. So he just existed as like scary Freddy Krueger to me. Like I missed like, and it was a little, so it was a little after like, his mainstream, they killed the franchise, air quotes, killed yep. it in 91 <laughs> um, before they brought it back. So I, I missed that like oversaturation of Freddy, which probably would have definitely made him a little less scary if I kept seeing him everywhere and like in, in <laughs> like goofier and goofier, especially by like the, by like five and six, six, especially Freddy's dead. It's like, oh no, that's why I've had like I've had like a weird relationship with six where like when I first saw it, I liked it because I was a child and I didn't really know any better. Yeah. <laughs> and then um I watched it in like my like late teens, early twenties, and I was like, this is abhorrent. Like I was like, <laughs> Freddie is a fucking he's Bugs Bunny in this movie. Like, what the oh, fuck yeah, is this? He's doing the fucking witch from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like he's doing And like... then like I watch it as an adult now. Like it's like there was like one day where I was bored, it was like a few years ago, and um, my roommate at the time had all of the movies. And so I just got them out of his room and I started watching them all in succession one day because I was bored. It was a day off. And I was like, okay, I kind of get this now. Like I was like, it's still not like anywhere near the best, but I was like, if you're approaching it on the level they made it, where clearly she was going for that, Rachel Talley was going to like for like kind of borderline comedy horror like almost like heavier on the comedy than on the horror it does work in that respect so like i don't hate it the way i used to yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so like that's kind of like my thing with it is like i've i've kind of i've gone on like a i've kind of gone full circle on it like where i still don't love it but it's like it's it's like i mean it's just, i don't know it's it's very inconsistent franchise like i was like the first one i truly 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 love 
And the third one, I truly, truly, truly love. And this one, New Nightmare, I truly, truly, truly love. And then the other ones are all differing levels of like, this is fine. To, <laughs> like, yeah, ugh. yeah. <laughs> like, I actually, I actually am kind of the same way now that you say it like that. Like, um, kind of like, yeah, the three you mentioned, I'm like, I'm fully on board for. And then the other ones are all like, this is fine. Or even some, I think I, I like four. Four is fine. I like. I do. I, I do. My other thing with Thor is I always remember liking it more than I actually do when I try to watch it again. Because like when I was a kid, I thought it was amazing. Like because like I have Randy Harlan's style and everything. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I watched it as an adult and just like, yeah, this is really cool to look at, but this is not that good. And then like, <laughs> like in Alzheimer's patient, a few years later, I'm always like, oh, Thor is amazing. Then I watch it again. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean I could watch any of them at any time. It's like, but that's me. Most horror franchises, uh, where I'm like, I could throw any of these on, uh, even if they're not great. But um, oh, I, I know we're not talking about Freddy's dead. But I have to go back to you. So Rachel, uh, Talay, I can never tell. I can never pronounce her name. I think Talalay, but I don't know. Talalay. Okay, that's a suggestion. Uh, because I was watching. I wanted to watch the part of the Never Sleep Again documentary where they talk about New Nightmare today to kind of like get some more context for our conversation. And I I was fast forwarding and kind of stopped. A little short and i was in the the freddy's dead section of the movie and i just watched that and uh she said something about like because they she truly thought they were ending it she was like let's really go all in with like kind of being goofy <laughs> like she's like we can't damage anymore they're killing the freight you know like they're killing the yeah. franchise so from that perspective i get what she's trying to do and trying to do something kind of different because like it's a six movie what do you do? You know, it's like, um, there's like weird, like twin peaks influence in that one too. It's like, there's a lot of weird influences. And if she's trying to go for broke, I mean, I guess they're like, yeah, we can't hurt him anymore. (laughs) Like make him as goofy as we can. And they're like, Oh shit, we were going to do more of these. But, um, and if we're being completely honest, all of them, all of them, even the ones that I fucking don't like are better than the fucking remake. So like, whatever, man, (laughs) uh, that remake is, I was going to ask you at the end of the episode, if you, if you could, to rank the Nightmare series. Okay. And uh, it, I, I was going to say, do you want to even include the remake? Because I almost feel like it's insult to the other one. I would say the answer is going to be the remake is at the fucking bottom. Like, the, well, the answer is, like, yeah, even <laughs> random Freddy commercials would be higher than the fucking remake. Like, Give I, me I, I an episode of the... Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it when we rank them, but the remake's at the bottom for me, too. I I hate that movie. I <laughs> like, fucking loathe And I went to go movie. see it at midnight when that was still a thing, when they made us do midnight premieres, and it was like... No, I yeah. I, oh, group of fuck, friends man, and, dude. And I was like, just, God oh. damn it, why am I here? Anyway, so all <laughs> this to say, this franchise really went through it to end up at New Nightmare because you're you're back at uh, only a three year gap between Freddy's Dead and New Nightmare. Not that big a gap um, for them, a big gap. But I say it, really... it, it is and isn't because it, it feels like because it was such a different time in horror. Like like Freddy's Dead was coming out kind of at the tail end of when slashers were still a thing, and then by the time you do um, New Nightmare, it's like scream hasn't come out yet and basically revitalized horror so it's like it's not a huge gap but it is because like it was just dead like the genre was just fucking dead like as dead as fucking dillinger like it was fucking dead <laughs> it, it really is it's that gap from like 90 to, to scream basically 1990 to scream i feel like there is like a 
kind of a weird void of horror movies. Great horror movies still came out, like, don't get me wrong, but like yeah. in the mouth of madness and Candyman and, and, and this and new nightmare. Um, there are things in that gap, but I feel like it's a weird, like, horror is a little lost in the woods at that point it's a little like i mean to be told it wasn't just horror i mean it was really all genre was like in a really weird place because it was like the studios didn't know what the they they they, they were like these are proven money makers so that they kept like throwing money at genre that then wasn't coming back because we weren't going to most of those movies so it's like because mostly what people wanted was like kind of more independent and like stuff that felt more independent like character driven stuff so it's like really in general, not just horror, like every genre was kind of in a weird place in the 90s. That's true. And there were, I think, you know, what was doing well, I think, was the erotic thriller for the, yes. uh, for, the for that gap, like Basic Instinct comes out and then like there's just a whole glut of like uh, these like Basic Instinct, like erotic thriller ripoff type movies. Um, it has a weird time. It's a, You are right. So overall, it's a very, very weird time. Um, and with New Nightmare, it's funny you bring up like independent stuff was big too. Do you know what movie New Nightmare opened up against at the box office? Oh God, no! <laughs> it's a big, a big independent movie called Pulp Fiction. I was gonna say, was it Pulp? <laughs> that was the same year. I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it came because they, they were like, yeah, it didn't do as well as we hoped, but we did open against Pulp Fiction, which was like a sensation. It's like, well, yeah, that that doesn't help. Uh, you know, it's like, um, and it's a weird concept. Like New Nightmare is like, I, I do really appreciate like they've killed the franchise but they're like okay we probably shouldn't have killed it but how do we bring it back in a unique way and this is very unique like before scream it feels like Wes craven kind of you know uses some of the stuff he does in nightmare in scream even though i know it's a kevin williamson script obviously and he wrote in nightmare but uh i think he's blending some stuff from new nightmare like with scream and oh like, yeah i, I mean there are definitely just... elements of like yeah like that kind of self-referential i mean christ the whole movie again like it that's what Basically, Scream is basically telling you like what real life is like. And then like New Nightmare is telling you like what these people's real life is like. Right. <laughs> I mean, at one point you literally have characters saying dialogue and it's appearing on the computer screen as a yeah. script. It's like there's a lot of that stuff. And it's funny because I just talked to Rob at Prince of Darkness. We talked about how that was like John Carpenter's like headiest movie and full of all these ideas. And like I was watching this and I was like, this might be Wes Craven's like kind of not like not out there but like a headiest like we have all these like ideas about you know meta stuff and like it's very weird and different especially for the time it came out it was like yeah. a real gamble i feel like because it's like i imagine audiences were kind of like what is this? especially since you don't see freddy krueger for like an hour of the movie i don't know no, yeah i didn't that's... clock it but it's like <laughs> i didn't mean, either but um well no but i mean that's another thing too is like Again, it was like it was a weird time because it was like you also have um, within a couple of years you have Jason Goes to Hell, where like Jason ain't in most of that movie. Like, yeah, it's yes. like because they were like, okay, people don't want this, and the answer what that and that wasn't the case. The problem was it was the timing of it was also weird because like, yes, the people that were primarily going to movies at that point, people in their twenties, thirties, whatever, didn't care i'm pretty sure about like freddie or jason but like people that were like my age rob's age like whatever like your age we all desperately wanted freddie and jason back and their classic form and then like 
a few years later, Freddy vs. Jason comes out and fucking explodes because that's, and I'm sure they were like, what the fuck just happened? But it's because <laughs> we had finally gotten to that point where we were the ones that were spending money on tickets. So it was like, no, that's what we wanted the whole time. You just wouldn't listen to us because we were little. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, I was not even as into horror in 2003 when that came out, but I remember what a just a big deal that was like mainstream wise. They had a friggin' boxing weigh in in Vegas for it. They had all this promotional like publicity stuff they were doing for the movie and like it made a bunch of money like and yeah i feel like they probably did not realize how how even how big it was going to be and uh it took us all long to get there you know it took like years and years of development and tons of scripts oh yeah no i remember i used to like i used to i had those scripts like a bunch of those scripts because like for years that was like my whole thing is i was like i was a kid and i was just like i wanted to make movies and i was like i'm making this fucking movie like I was like, this movie is going to happen. Like I was just like, if I have to make it my goddamn self, it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> and then like when it finally came out, I was just like, fine. I don't give a fuck who does it. As long as it is out, we're all good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. Um, So, so yeah, I, new nightmare comes out at this time. It's just a weird time. It's a weird idea. Uh, But it's, I really, really like this movie a lot. And oh, yeah. It's I you know it's fine I didn't even mention we're like I don't know how far into the show that I this this we're doing an episode because I put a poll out on Twitter about like hey uh, here's like four choices for an episode you guys pick and this won the poll so I should probably say like oh it's the listeners choice episode of uh so and it, here's I will I will admit to this too that I made the poll and I had three you have you know four choices and I had three and I was like huh. I, what do I fill this this four spot with? And I was like, I don't know, New Nightmare. And then it won. <laughs> and it's like, I really like New Nightmare. But for some reason at the time when it won, I I wanted the other three, any of the other three to win. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but then I watched New Nightmare today and I'm like, oh no, this movie's great. And there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Like, I always thought it was great. I don't know why I wasn't as jazzed to talk about it. But it was just funny because it was like, I did the poll and I was like, it was like the fourth, you know, the afterthought option. And I was like, yeah, new nightmare. Because uh, it was like this, Jason X, uh, Silent Hill, and Phenomena. It was a very random <laughs> uh, group of four. It was like four movies I want to talk about. Um, but the other three, I just want to talk about more for some reason. But now we're here and I watch it and I'm like, oh no, this is great. I'm happy to talk about it. But I just had, to, I, it's like, I, listen, I, I'm not too, uh, I'll, I'll share that information that when it won, I was like, oh man, that was the one I didn't want to win. <laughs> But, Which is funny but, because like yeah. I can't remember if you asked me or if I volunteered, but I was just like, I, I see, like when I saw New Nightmare, I'm like, I fucking need to be involved. Like, I was just like, I can't not be involved. I was just like, I've wanted to like talk about this for so long with anybody. Like I was just like, I mean, obviously I've talked about it like in regular life via text, but like in terms of like on a show, I'm like, I need to get some my thoughts out somewhere. They just need to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how we got. To this one either i feel like i uh just put it out there and i think you volunteered but uh i appreciate you volunteering so um i was gonna say so you saw you saw this you said when you were about 12 like probably a year after it came out probably it was it definitely was on video it wasn't in theater there was no fucking way i was i was allowed to see this in theater oh yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it actually it actually freaked you out at that point it actually scared oh it you. scared the shit out of me okay. dude like i was just like <laughs> I literally, like, I'm not joking. Like, I was just like, I literally felt like I took a shower that night and I felt like at any given second, like Freddie was going to open the curtain and get, like, it was, it got, it burrowed into my fucking brain. 
And it really scared the shit out of me because it was, again, it was just like, you took all this stuff that like all this knowledge I had accrued as like a little horror nerd and then you use it all against me, which is both awesome and horrible. <laughs> like, I was just like, it's like, I love you as Craven, but why did you do this to me? I did not ask for this. I did not consent. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I know Heather Lane camp uh, talks about um, like, you know, reading the script and um, you know, the stuff he puts in there about like the, you know, husband being like basically doing, telling her story. And she was like, I think she was kind of not weirded out by it, but she was like, really, Wes, we're doing this? <laughs> like, um, and God bless her. She's on board. It works because it's all this stuff that is true to her life. And uh, she really gets to be the star of this thing. I was thinking about this time, too. I feel like for so long, it was the Robert England show. And yeah. like, I'm like, Wes Kramer really made this as like a showcase for Heather Lane Camp. Like, she's really great in this. And don't see her enough movies, really. And I'm like, it really no, gets to be fair. her show for for most of the the movie it's barely the freddy show for any of it really well also the other thing is like the you i feel like you kind of have to mention is it like the intention was never for freddy to become what he became like oh yeah <laughs> it was just it was like it was just this one movie that west did that like became this fucking phenomenon that he didn't even like he didn't do the second one he had no interest and then, like, by the third one, he came back basically because he was trying to finish it. If you watch the third one, they very clearly were, like, you can see Wes trying to, like, because he, he didn't direct it, but he wrote the original story. Right, right. And it's, like, you could see him trying to close the fucking book on it. And then it was so successful that it was, like, they then just kept doing it. And he finally just kind of was, like, <laughs> fuck it, I don't care. It's, like, you guys do whatever you're going to do. And then it's, like, by the time, like, this comes around, it's, like, a chance to kind of do almost like a fusion between like what he originally intended and what he became, which I think is also kind of makes for maybe the scariest Freddy to me is, or at least the most like kind of iconic Freddy to me, because mm -hmm. like, I mean, maybe not in terms of his look as much, but like, cause like the, like they kind of nailed the look by like four, but like um, in terms of he's, he does have some of the jokes and like kind of the, the funnier like elements, but he's also not just like cracking jokes and like making puns and like whatever he's like, right. <laughs> he's being legitimately fucking like psychotically terrifying. And it's like, like that whole scene, I think the crystallization of the whole thing is uh, the bit with uh, the babysitter in the hospital Oh my god. Uh, when yeah. he does like the <laughs> hey Dylan, ever play a skin the cat? And like that whole thing is so it's such a fusion of like OG Freddy and like Zeitgeist Freddy and kind of just taking the best of both worlds and making it work. And that's why I feel like this is kind of it's not my favorite one, but it's probably my favorite portrayal of Freddy overall, because it's just it's it's the best of both worlds. Like it's like you just took this thing that works and this things that works and you just managed to make them fit together in a way that it might not have ever been intended, but it fits beautifully. Like it fits perfectly. Yeah, that was very well put. It's uh, I, I, I do love that. Yeah. Wes Craven's like, this is like him reclaiming Freddie kind of after yeah. these years of uh, them doing everything under the sun with Freddie. <laughs> and like, um, 
you know, he's definitely lost a lot of his scariness up to this point, I would say. But that seems like Wes Craven's very, like, dead set on that, too, is, like, making him scary again. Because I do think that one is still very scary to me. I've seen a lot of times. Still, oh, yeah. just, still unnerves me. Um, and this one is still pretty scary. I think it's funny because this time I was noticing that especially the the first like 20 minutes or so is is more i feel so anxious and i, I think it's because there's so much shit happening <laughs> like yeah. there's an earthquake the kids screaming the phones ringing it's just like there's this like it, everything feels very chaotic i mean there's like i like the the cold open basically with like the glove coming to life and it's a dream a nightmare and she wakes up but then there's all this like chaotic shit happening with the earthquake and uh he's like i'm like i am so on edge already <laughs> like in this movie like because it's just like it's like oh my god movie you're just giving me all this anxiety of like stuff happening and uh it keeps that up through most of the movie because it's more like the threat of freddy krueger is looming and he hasn't really fully come through until he pops out of the closet about like an, i guess like maybe an hour in and it's a great jump scare too <laughs> like it's a great like holy shit he really that's a good uh reveal right there <laughs> No, yeah, I'm asking you. It's like it's a it, it returned, like because it's like okay, and I don't mean this. This might sound insulting, and I don't mean it to be. Um, at a certain point, like for me as a kid of that time, like Freddy and Elvira were kind of like indistinguishable in terms of their characterization. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I wasn't frightened of either. I thought they were both like funny, like like whatever. Like it was never like it's like. Freddie had so long since stopped being scary yeah, <laughs> and just become like this kind of like guy in like beer commercials. Like he wasn't scary <laughs> and that's fine. I get him. Like, I think that Robert England played that to the hilt and he was like, he, it was, he was game and it was awesome. And it was like, it was, it, there was nothing wrong with that character being in the zeitgeist the way he, he was like, cause I enjoyed the fuck out of it. But in terms of like this movie, I think the reason that like they find because I know the reason that they were like doing it was basically they were like, well, we made a huge mistake. Like we killed this, but we like we want to still keep make money with it. So how the fuck do we do this? Hey Wes. <laughs> and then Wes is like, fine, but I get to do my own thing. And they were like, they were so desperate to do another one, they let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. And I'm sure they probably weren't happy with him basically completely changing this thing that had been a cash cow but i think that that's why also this is one of the stronger entries was because as you said like it's about heather langenkamp more than it's about freddie and that's what actually makes it work better because that was always i think the point like because if you watch the original nightmare on elm street and even if you watch nightmare on elm street like three like it wasn't really meant to be the Freddy show. Like it was like, it's very clearly set up to be, he is a villain. Like he is not somebody you should be like happy to see, but because he became so iconic that like, he kind of stopped being, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Jason where it's like, he kind of stopped being a threat and became the guy you're rooting for, which also I feel like kind of contributed to the death of those franchises because it was like, you're going just to watch this slasher fuck up like whatever characters you <laughs> yeah. put in front of them and that's not frightening that's just i mean it's fun and i enjoy many of those films but like it's not scary 
And like, this is scary as fuck because it was back to being characters that you care about. You don't want bad things to happen to being menaced by an absolute psychopath. Right. And yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Cause it's like, we have a main character who we really, I feel like we, I, you probably really care about yeah. in, in Heather Lane camp. And they put her through, man, what's crazy. Like put her through the ringer in, <laughs> in the movie with like all the shit she goes through and then kills off her husband in the movie. And I mean, that's traumatic enough. And then she's dealing with, um, she thinks he's just a stalker, which happened to her in real life as well. Yep. Another thing from real life. Um, and I just, it's like, oh my God, I feel so bad for her. Cause it's like, and her kids like having all these issues, like, uh, Miko Hughes, who great, uh, I feel like he's pretty great in this. And he's, he's good at horror movies, Pet Cemetery as well. But I was going to say, that's the only thing that actually didn't like that kind of activated my, it's just a movie thing was like, I was like, that's not her son. That's a kid from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Uh, I I can see that. Yeah, he uh, but I think he's good in this. He no, he is good. Of... It's just like when I was a kid, I was just like it never like it it never completely like connected because I was just like that's very clearly the kid from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> I also think I was the kid from Kindergarten Cop. Yep, also that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, he was like in Full House. He was in a bunch of stuff. He was this kid was working, but uh, <laughs> he's good in this. I feel like he has to do a lot of stuff that seems very demanding for a child to pull off, like. Uh, just weird stuff he has to do and just like uh, some of the emotional outbursts and fits he has to have and like um, that crazy scene which I don't know how they exactly shot it when he's on top of the uh, playground thing yep. and uh, falls off and has that very like dark line was he trying, like, trying to reach God or something but he wouldn't take me and it's like Jesus yeah. it's like <laughs> this, is, this is some heavy stuff like I'm like people probably were like I came for a Freddy Krueger movie what are we <laughs> what are we doing here um but I like it it's good it's uh, Wes Craven again doing like you know marrying like some kind of religious text with some text with like this meta stuff and just you know it's so it's so different like it's so jarringly different from the from everything that's come before it in the series um since the first one really um mm -hmm. and i was gonna ask you this for i forgot i keep forgetting to ask you but what do you think of freddie's updated look in this movie because it seems like a point of contention with some people yeah i actually again i don't it's i mean okay i it's the thing i said before like i do feel like they kind of nailed the most like kind of iconic version of his look by like the like by like four mm -hmm. and they kind of rode that as far as they could from that point forward um, but I do think this, and even though I guess I've, I don't know this for, I've never actually heard like an actual, like, it could, could be apocryphal, but, um, the basically the reason that Wes, um, refused to change Ghostface's look or tweak it in any way in the three movies was because of the way he, the, the reaction to people in New Nightmare, where like people apparently hated it. And he was like, okay, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I was like, but to me, it I always really liked the look in this movie because it also signals to you what the movie is explicitly telling you, which is this isn't Freddy Krueger. This is a demon inhabiting Freddy Krueger, like the fictional <laughs> character, yeah. bring him into real life. And therefore, it's the demon's interpretation of Freddy Krueger. So it's like, I like that he has like the biomechanical, like kind of like glove, like whereas basically it's it's more hand than like glove. I like the long coat. Like I like the lack of hats. Like I think it looks cool. Like, I mean, like would I 
have disliked if they had done the OG look? No. But like, I think for this movie, I do think it works. Yeah, I I, I was curious to take on that because I know it's like you bring people like hate it and think it looks like I think I heard someone describe it as like a Power Rangers villain, which I don't. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake! I know, I know. I, I think it's a little too far. Um, I've always liked it. I thought it's a cool look. I think like you don't necessarily need to update the look, but like you said, for the story that Wes Craven's telling, where this is like a demon kind of inhabiting Freddy Krueger, using him as like a oh, what would the word be? Like like an, like avatar, a vessel. Yes. an avatar. An yeah. avatar. Yeah, it's like so. It's not going to be exactly like Freddy Krueger from the movies because I do prefer that look, but I still like this look it's different enough but still clearly freddy krueger but it's like a good update and i i think Wes craven himself even in the never sleep again documentary uh kind of sounded wishy-washy about it like he sounded like yeah he was like well you know you try some stuff it might work it might not work he's like it's not like he kind of like said he had a i think he had a little regret on changing the look but but i you know i thought it i thought it was fine for what he was trying to do i thought it made perfect sense <laughs> like yeah i i that's that's what i'm saying i don't know I feel like it probably is true that he that's reason he didn't fuck with Ghostface is because he would just like never again. Um, but I do think for this movie, I think he made the right directorial choice. Like, I think that it works for this movie. Again, like I wouldn't dislike if they had done like the kind of iconic look, but like, or even if they had done something closer to like the original um, look, which was not, it's not, as close to what it became as people seem to remember. Because if you watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street again, it's very fucking gross. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like fucking like his kind of iconic look. It's very like, it. it's like it's a guy who's fucking burned to death on a boiler room and has left sense. Like it's very like dirty and like grimy and fucking, he's just fucking gross. <laughs> and then like this is like a more like streamlined version of that which i think is actually but it's also again i think it's, it's it it does take a little bit from the iconic look where it has kind of like a more cleanly vibe but um but no i, I i've always liked it personally okay okay yeah i'll go over the same page because i was like i i think i don't know i've said to people who, like they don't like it they don't want any change but i'm like it makes sense um also it's funny because i almost feel like i forget every time i watch until i'm watching it that that this whole idea is like that it's so so many levels to it that there's a demon uh it's like you start telling a story there's a demon you've trapped the demon in the story you stop telling the story you release the demon like all that stuff that was Graven's talking about i'm like this is some very creative weird shit <laughs> like and then like freddie has to be trapped in constantly telling stories and like but I kind of feel like until I'm watching, I'm like, oh, right, that's what we're doing. But um, I, I dig that idea. I really like that idea. Um, well, yeah, I think, that's a, yeah. I think that's a really good like meta idea of just like, because if you really break it down, that's what we're doing whenever we're constantly rewatching these movies. Is like, we're just, it's that story being told to you again. So it's mm -hmm. like, that's basically what they're saying at the end of the day is it was like, you're keeping Freddy trapped by like all the different times you're watching Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I'm like, that's a cool idea, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. And uh, that was speaking of Wes Craven, I was going to ask you, uh, because he does have a scene, a scene or two in this movie. What do you think of his acting? I don't think he's bad. Like, I mean, okay. for like, for a director, I mean, like that's not, that doesn't do a lot of acting. I think he's fine. Like, honestly, like um, the only <laughs> person I could think of that does like, a 
<laughs> less than spectacular job is Bob Shea. I, that's sucks. what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, that was my next question, too. Was, what do you think of Bob Shea? Um, and Bob Shea admits on the Never Sleep Again documentary, he's like, I think, what does he say? He's like, I think he says he was like, okay. Like, he's he definitely is not like glowing about his own performance. Like, um, but... yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to kick him well. I'm not going to kick him well. He's down. It's fine. But like, I mean, I think Wes is fine. I mean, like for what he's like for a guy who's not an actor and not even like does his, a lot of cameos in his own work or anything. Like, I think he's good. I think he's good for what he, like, I mean, he, I mean, obviously he's not like on the same level as the guys that are like actual actors. Like Christ, I mean, like Robert England is playing Freddie and he's playing Robert England and he's doing it so well that I forget that he is not like, an actor playing Freddy, like I forget that Freddy isn't real because he disappears into that so well. And you were showing me Robert England separately. And I'm like, they clearly get me the same person. My brain can't <laughs> process that. Yeah. He's uh Robert England's having a good time in this movie. I was gonna say he's really like, I feel like he's 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 very good at it. I feel like he's kind of taking he's really relishing a change, I think, to to be himself in a movie. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, he's always got a little bit of a ham, I feel like. Like that's kind of his his deal. Like I know I've heard at conventions um he's very like animated and yeah tells these crazy stories and is very over the top like in a good way like an entertaining way yeah exactly um uh and i feel like he's having fun with this one i feel like i love how dramatic he is in the scene when he's talking to nancy on the phone he's painting i feel like he's he's playing that very like serious darker (laughs) Darker. yeah like kind of creepy um and yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, Bob Shea, not great. Wes Craven, I do like in his scene. I think he's also kind of, like, enjoying the chance to, like, play kind of creepy, kind of weird. Like, you know, the way he's, like, I don't know how to... It's, like, the the tone he gives off is, like, oh, I'm kind of this weird horror maestro. I don't know. It's, like, I can't, like... like just in his this... giant palatial mansion. <laughs> yes, in his house on the hills. He... Another great bit. I don't know if you knew this. This was a crazy idea that was only in the script and never made it past about like that in the movie, uh, the original, like one of the early versions of this movie that Wes Craven is being driven around in a van by Michael Berryman from Hills Have Eyes. And he's like, Wes Craven in the movie has like cut his own eyelids off and is like (laughs) driving around drinking caffeine and writing, trying to finish the script um, because he thinks he's like on the run from Freddy, which is, a amazing idea i don't know how well it would play and like like actually play if he shot it that way but uh i love the concept of it i'm not sure how it would work but but then wes was like i don't want to be in a dirty van i want to be in a, like house on the hills like you know so um but he seems like he's having fun so i appreciate his uh his performance um yeah that's the thing i always think it's funny that like that people always kind of like i think this is the case with a lot of horror directors where, like a lot of people think of them as being like really like dark human beings and like the vibe i've always gotten from west that he was very like a funny affable guy like he was a very smart guy and like that's why i always thought it was funny like people like made this thing where he was like it's like i remember like there was the story of um when uh martin scorsese was gonna meet uh david cronenberg but i guess he was afraid to meet him and he's like you made taxi driver and you're afraid to meet me <laughs> it's like it's kind of the same thing it's like i feel like that's the thing with horror directors in general people they always they're like really like and the thing with like horror nerds in general, I think people like think that like if you like horror, then you're automatically like, and I'm, I'm sure there are people that are. I mean, I've definitely met some that are, but I think like the majority of people that are like into horror and like create horror and like whatever are usually like the most like 
normal, well-adjusted people. Like I fucking hate real life violence. Like it, like don't like blood in real life, like gore in real life, whatever. But like, I will laugh hysterically at like Evil Dead remake watching somebody cut off their own arm. So it's like, <laughs> I'm the same way. I talk about it all the time, like um, about how I love action horror movies, which are usually filled with violence. And uh, but then I can't, I can't take any real life violence. I, I don't like guns in real life. I, you know, but in the movies, like the coolest thing ever. Uh, it's like, you know, it's a very different reality movie thing, and. Uh, I can't, it's funny because I can watch all this crazy gory stuff in movies, but like anytime anyone puts like a, like a TLC, like surgery show on in front of me, I feel like I want to pass out and like leave the room. Like I yeah, can't no. like, I can't watch like real stuff like that, uh, but I can watch all day in movies. So I, and I know people who like can do that stuff, like they have medical backgrounds, but they can't watch a movie. I'm like, you do the real thing. This is like a fake arm getting cut off. It's just fake blood. <laughs> like, um, it's just weird. I don't know. There's that weird line between movie and reality but um but yeah i uh well i want to ask do you have stuff you wanted to bring up for me i think i've been doing so much talking but do you have oh, like no, scenes or parts no you yeah really want to talk i mean about? yeah it's like the, like the main thing that i always like that kind of okay the thing in the original <laughs> movie that i've talked about was like the like the whole scene with tina um basically freddie puppeteering essentially tina in uh nancy's nightmare and again this one like the the thing that freaks me out most is the stuff with the babysitter because again like that's it's so like that scene with the babysitter in the hospital completely blurs that line to the extent where it find that's like where because it's like almost like real life real life real life and like which is, i guess was always the intention that wes craven always done in all of like because he did in the first nightmare on Elm street and it kind of became a thing like not knowing where the dream like starts and the real life begins yeah but like yeah. it's so much worse in this movie because like they're portraying his real life so, like so like the second he kind of comes into existence that's what really fucked me up most was it was like because it's like it again you've spent so much time setting up this is reality that when you actually give me freddy going full fucking freddy in one sequence where it's all freddy there's no cutaways or whatever that fucked me up really good when i was younger that's the part that most kind of like freaked me the fuck out because again it was like the babysitter is there is talking to Dylan and not realizing, even though he's staring at Freddie behind her, like Freddie's rising behind her. That's the thing. Like that whole night, I kept being terrified that he was like behind me, like he was gonna like come for me. It just <laughs> it 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 just it activated something in my brain that was like there. And like I also think I think is because uh, you mentioned the opening. Um, it's funny because like I all I knew was that her husband was a special effects guy. I had no idea what her actual husband looked like. So it wasn't until years later that I found out that guy looks nothing like her husband. <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like all special effects guys have a very specific look. That guy does not have that look at yeah. all. Do you remember in the Never Sleep Again documentary, he, they interview that actor and he talks about like, not being a special effects guy he's like i'm the nerdiest yes. special effects guy because like these guys all have like beards and we're like metal t like heavy metal t-shirts and like are just rough blue collar guys and he's like some kind of like 
kind of squeaky clean kind of dorky guy <laughs> like like he realizes like i am not one of these special effects guys but at the time i didn't know any better because like, i didn't know what her husband looked like so to me it was like that's clearly her husband like that's like that's that's clearly who it is and um but yeah like i do love i think it's funny uh that i didn't even think about it until we were talking about it is think about this movie that kind of really kind of shows the polarities of like where freddie was versus where freddie is in this movie is um when they show england being freddie like air quotes whatever um on the talk show at the beginning where he's like dancing around and like hey let's do lunch like whatever and that's what <laughs> freddie was I mean, he was a fucking joke at that point <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's like and it's, it's like that thing is like so it's like the fact that this movie makes him scary again is kind of an amazing achievement in Wes Craven's because like if you really like point to where he was the fact that he not only like fucking dragged him up to back where he started but I would argue past where he started and making him kind of the most scary he'd ever been I think it's really impressive um but yeah like the other thing I think of all the time is I love uh the moment when they literally are doing dialogue from the original uh like with her and John Saxon Heather oh, and John yeah. Saxon are literally stepping into those roles again and the moment where like Freddie's coming up through the bed like he like has before and like basically waiting for her to like make a call and when she makes the call to like actually go with it he like tears through the fucking thing and it's it's on I was like that is the coolest fucking thing and leads to that finale in the whatever hell underground Hades thing <laughs> Yeah. which is the coolest <laughs> fucking set i've ever seen in my fucking life it is an amazing set it's a re- it is like i really appreciate how much work they put into that set and like how much detail uh is in that thing because it looks super cool yeah whatever it's supposed to be i definitely no one else even clear on like is it hell some kind of special underworld is it yeah but it doesn't really matter it just looks super cool like it looks great like and i love that they built all that stuff it's amazing yeah. like yeah. yeah it's a great set i good call yeah <laughs> And I do love, um, they finally kind of did um, the effect they were going for the first one better. Because if you've watched the original, which I'm assuming people have, uh, when she's like going upstairs and like there's like the stairs like um, kind of where she's like sinking into them, whatever. Mm -hmm. It is the most obvious fucking effect I've ever seen in my goddamn (laughs) life. And granted, they made that movie for no money. So the fact that they pulled off what they did is amazing. I'm not disparaging it anyway i'm just saying in this movie like when they're doing kind of the same thing because they're kind of flashing back in a way to that um it is one of the coolest effects i've ever seen in my life and she's like going up the stairs and it's all like fucking weird slimy grossness like you know, i was like this so it's kind of like almost like he finally gets to, like west gets to finally realize a lot of things he was not able to before this which is also yeah. why I feel like this movie doesn't get enough credit for being kind of the ultimate nightmare because like it's really kind of in my mind the movie that I feel like Wes always wanted to make from like the jump and finally was able to like finally had the time and money to really pull it off and I think that this movie definitely deserves a better reputation than it gets for that because like it's like yes you can like for all day long and that's fine to whatever but like to me like 
you have to throw this in the conversation with three in the original because it's just it's just a perfect realization of what it always should have been wow yeah that was <laughs> very well said and uh i i agree it's it's up there with those with one and three and i man Wes Craven had a very tall order in front of him making freddy scary again because yeah. the damage had been done at this point and yeah that's a great like juxtaposition of like Robert Englund coming out as like movie Freddy, you could say like the, the eighties Freddy or whatever, um, old Freddy. And he's just doing like, he, cause he, I think he appeared on talk shows like Arsenio Hall or something yeah. as Freddy Krueger. So he was like at that level and it was like kind of goofy and yeah. And then to show that and be like, Oh no, but I'm going to make him scary again in the same movie. It's very impressive. <laughs> like, um, and I don't know if you know off the top of your head, cause I want to like, I'm curious if you don't know the budget, what would you guess the budget is if you don't know it? I don't know off the top of my head, um, but I would guess it was at least like 20 mil. I would guess from the look of it. My friend, that's what I thought it was. But on according to IDB, could be wrong. They said it only cost $8 million. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, just the Underworld set alone. Yeah. Was holy like, how much shit. money did that cost? I was, I had like a double take. I was like, $8 million? I was like, what? How? Like, I could not believe if that, if that, if that's accurate and who knows. But um, I, I was like, wow, he really stretched that budget. Like he made he yeah, made eight he really million did. look like yeah, like we said, like twenty. Because I guess it had to be like twenty, twenty or twenty five, somewhere in that range, maybe. But I was like, New Line is pretty cheap. But I still thought that hey, is it's West, fair. <laughs> it's West Craven coming back, and it's been successful. Maybe they'll give him a bigger budget. But eight million was all they said it was, and it it, it didn't do, it didn't like do terrible because it made like double. It made like nineteen million or something. Um and. But yeah, I guess they were still disappointed because that's not really lighting the world on fire, you know. But yeah. um, but I was still surprised it cost that little. I had I was like I was really blown away by that. I was like eight. I was like God, he got a lot of at, at eight million. <laughs> like, well, I mean, um, and and actually they should. I feel like they should have been stoked because I remember like um, not that long before. I mean, I guess it was actually a decent amount of time before this. But um, like the movie that kind of killed the Friday Thirteenth franchise was uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, which wasn't super expensive but it was expensive for those movies and then it didn't make any fucking money so they were like well we're done with this and then they <laughs> sort of like sold it off um so like the fact that they made if it cost eight million and it made 20 that's still a decent return on your fucking investment like yeah i mean it seems like i know they want to probably make more obviously oh, but of i'm course. like well at least you didn't like lose on eight million but i i think yeah. they wanted it to really like reset the franchise on fire and i don't think it i don't think it was ever intended to really do that though that it doesn't feel like it was like to be a a franchise restarter you know it, it to me it feels yeah. like a, to, to be a cap on the franchise like yeah well um, i feel like that's what they i feel like they what they wanted was like a, yeah i think they wanted like a full-blown like kind of kickstart this back up but i feel like i don't feel like wes ever had the intention of that no, like, if you watch like, the movie i don't it was just like this is him <laughs> closing the fucking book yeah, I think he's like, I want to be really done with this this time. <laughs> like, and be proud of like being done with it this time. You know, like I can, and I know there was something too with like residuals or something with between him and Bob Shea where he yeah. had felt like he hadn't got like his fair cut of, because they made so much money off Freddie. Well, and, to like, be fair, that's the case with the fuck. That, I mean, okay, let's <laughs> go into who the fuck hasn't of those uh, that have created icons. Like, of oh, course, yeah. Wes, of course, John Carpenter. <laughs> Uh, and now in recent years, um, the writer of Friday 13th. So like, I get it. Like you, the people have made kajillions of dollars off of this thing. You got paid probably several thousand. So like, I definitely get 
feeling fucked and wanting your fair share, but like at the same time, like I will say, I feel like Wes was treated better than the rest because like Wes came back more than once. Like, cause again, he came back for three initially and then came back for this. Whereas like other guys have been like, nah, I'm done forever. Like you guys fucked me. And like, whereas I feel like new line definitely feel like they had like the, like, I don't want to say that they regretted what they like, whatever, but I feel like they were definitely <laughs> yeah. more like, no, Wes, we love you. <laughs> like, so it's like, <laughs> because Bob Schaefer, yeah, had like called him, I guess, in between before your nightmare and I was trying to make things right. So he gave him like a better cut of like merchandise or residuals or something. That was like the first step in getting this to happen. Cause I think he realized like, this will never happen if I don't like mend fences with Wes Craven a little bit because he feels like he got screwed on this. So it was like, I'll give him a little cut, which he deserves, obviously. Yeah. So um, I just thought that was interesting. I know that before I was watching that. And I was like, I'd forgotten that that was part of the getting this done was like, well, you know, give this guy a little bit of the cut he deserves for. I mean, they call New Line at like, the house that Freddie built. I oh, because it, it was. Like, If you watch anything about like the fucking where New Line was or read about where New Line was before Nightmare on Elm Street, it was a fucking joke. Like it was a fucking, like it was like making like fucking like film strips for kids schools. Like it wasn't a fucking <laughs> movie studio yeah. that would eventually make the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like it was like, it was a joke. And then like fucking Nightmare on Elm Street made a shit ton of money on not a lot of a budget. And then they just kept doing that for a good solid few years to the extent where they had enough money eventually to make like fucking whatever the hell, like, Lord of the Rings and Golden Compass and like all this shit they were spending fuck tons of money on that be, that all came from Nightmare on Elm Street and its sequels all of it all of it right yeah no that's a great that's a great point like uh because they would not be in the position to make those things if if uh they hadn't had success with Nightmare on Elm Street obviously so um you know, one thing I I don't think I love in the movie is the is the sequence on the highway Oh yeah, because because and it's I mean they did their best. It does not look good to me at all. Like I know it's a hard thing to pull off, you know, in any way. But with Miko Hughes on the highway and like how fake it looks, really like, and then with Heather Lane Camp going out there and just like uh, it's it's a hard sequence to I don't know for me to get into. I guess like and I don't know if I love giant night cloud. Like, I don't know what you call giant cloud Freddy who appears. Who's like. Uh, picking Mika Hughes up and I, I don't know that whole sequence is kind of like weird I do like the little touch of like Mika Hughes looks back and there's a like an army of Freddies marching toward the fence it's very quick but um, yeah. but I don't know I just that was one thing I wasn't super high on and like I almost feel like yeah, we talk, I love that set in the underworld but I almost feel like the finale and killing off Freddy feels a little rushed or a little quick I don't know it's I know there's a big chase and she fights him a little bit but it's like Whenever when he's killed, I'm like, oh, he's actually gone. Okay, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, might just be me. Yeah, <laughs> I do think. They, I mean, could they stretch it out a little bit more? Probably, but at the same time, I was like, I would almost no, not even almost. I would much rather this than there have been so many movies where like they fucking take forever, forever to fucking actually like end it and like nip it in the bud. So, like, I would almost rather you fucking just got to your point and, like, got the fuck out than just dicked around for another 10 minutes in order to, like, what I just, that drives me 
fucking insane. So this is <laughs> well, fine. That's that's fair. I think it might just be me who's bothered by that. So yeah, that's uh, it's like I don't know. I'm just like every time I'm like, oh, but we're done. Okay. Uh, but uh, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I wanted to bring up. Look at my notes one more time. Uh, I will say though, I mean, yeah. the, the highway thing doesn't bother me, but I I get your point. But like, I don't. It does. It just never bothered me because it's just like it's not necessarily like the strongest. It's definitely not the strongest part by by any stretch of the imagination. But considering where they had fucking come from before this i don't care like it's it's not that bad <laughs> like compared yeah. to fucking like the kid with the hearing aid and the fucking oh my god and like the <sighs> video game and the oh god i just <laughs> now the, we're playing the, with the, power <laughs> the highway is fine the highway is fucking fine I that's don't, true if you're I'm coming good. from that to this <laughs> then yeah i guess that's that's a fair argument um oh i know i know what i want to bring up uh the you know who's very scary in this when I don't even think she's trying to be scary is the doctor. Uh, yeah. I believe what's the actress name? I think Fran. I don't know her Bennett. name, but yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, she is. Scary. She's creepy in a way that I can't like put my finger on. She seems she's so intense and her voice is like already kind of scary. And then when she goes like, I love the moment when it's like, they're getting around Miko Hughes and things are getting very intense. And she goes like full Freddie mode and has the glove on and like, um, yeah, I, Fran Bennett is her name. I, I was like, this time especially, I feel like I really even keyed in more. I'm like, something. You're perfectly cast for this part, like, because you are doing a thing where like you're you're being you're scary without I feel like trying to be scary. And yeah. uh, she's a very interesting actress, like in that part. And I, uh, I feel like she just said she's like, yeah, Wes Craven was like, just just play it very straight down the middle, and then like go go like more over the top when you have the glove on when you're full Freddy. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's like she's just reading the lines very kind of bluntly. She's very blunt and like the character just kind of like, you know, it just kind of, um, I don't know, very, she's kind of like a tough, you know, late. And then it's just, yeah, she's very interesting. <laughs> that was nose here this time. Um, and yeah, that's, I, that one little part I had to call out cause she's like kind of a sneaky little MVP part of the movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I, it was, to be fair, like, that's the thing is like, I feel like, Wes almost doesn't get enough credit for how well he does like really intense work. Like yeah. there are some things that maybe he doesn't do as well as other horror directors, but when you're doing straight up balls to the wall, intense fucking scary shit, I don't really know a lot of people that can fucking touch it. Like rest in peace. Like that dude had a fucking gift. Yeah, yeah, he was very unique amongst, I mean, even other horror directors. I feel like he was always so, like, cerebral and very intelligent. And he had that weird backstory, you know, where it was like, I think he grew up in this really Christian conservative household. And uh, and he, he fucking even... taught near the place I grew up. I want to mention well, that crazy. for a reason, <laughs> because I, as I said, was very frightened of Freddie as a child. And my mom one time insisted that... Uh, despite there being an Elm Street in my town, because, you know, every town is an Elm Street, um, <laughs> it was, there was no chance of Freddy being anywhere near that Elm Street. And then I found out years later that he had taught relatively close. I mean, granted, by this point, I'm sure he was already in Hollywood, so it was irrelevant. But he had taught relatively close to where I grew up. And I was like, so motherfucker, hypothetically, that is the Elm Street. So like, we don't know for sure that isn't the goddamn Elm Street, mom. You lied to me. 
<laughs> he's from here, mom. It could be our Elm Street. Yeah, that's like that is. I'd be terrified if I found that out. I'm like, oh my god, it could. It was our Elm Street. He, I would have made myself believe that he was talking about my Elm Street. <laughs> like it was ours the whole time. Um, oh man, that's funny. <laughs> that's um, that's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know he's from that area. You're from, because you're from like upstate New York. Is that right? Yeah. Or, he used to okay. teach. I want. I can't remember which. It was one of the C colleges, and uh, I can't remember which one it was. But he taught at one of them, and it's relatively close to where I grew up. And I was just like, when I found that out, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! Like, <laughs> oh man, that's that's pretty fantastic. Um, oh, I was gonna you, you brought up a little bit earlier the scene with the babysitter Julie in the hospital room where she gets killed. Yes, uh, so intense, and I feel yes. again feel really bad because I, she's been nothing but nice and helpful the whole movie, and gets this brutal death scene. Poor, poor Julie, the babysitter. It's What's like, the point? It's like it's like because. She has like so you care about her as a character. That's why it fucking works. <laughs> like I know, I know. It just <laughs> it hurts. It's like uh everyone complained about the babysitter in Jurassic World getting brutally murdered, and I'm still I'm like Julie a new nightmare. You know, it's like she got like she was nice too. I was like, um, poor her. That's a, a amazing scene though. I love the way he shoots that whole Oh yeah, I love scene. it so much. That's that's to me is like kind of the 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 centerpiece of the film. Yeah, yeah. That it is kind of where it really flips with like shit really hit like fully hits the fan at that point like um uh and there's one more thing i wanted to mention i cannot remember what it was but um but yeah anything else like any you want to call out specifically about the movie before we wrap up or anything no i just i just think it's fucking like i just think it's fucking great like it just like i again the thing i said before i was like i feel like okay it's not my favorite or even my second favorite but I feel like it deserves more credit than it gets. Like, cause it kind of always gets kind of like treated as almost like a curiosity. And I was just like, fuck you. Like I was like in a franchise that is so goddamn up and down. And was that maybe it's lowest fucking ebb right before this. Like you put some fucking respect on this goddamn movie's name. <laughs> like I was just like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not going to be my favorite ever, but I think I throw other ones on before because they're probably just more like traditionally fun and there's more Freddy stuff in there, I guess. But um, it's always fascinating to watch and I do really like it. Um, oh, I know what else I was going to say. The one, I really want to mention the scene where John Saxon is like there, him and uh, Heather Lane Camp are talking and he, and he kind of like, does this subtle transformation from being John Saxon. Yeah. And he's, they started doing the dialogue. Yeah. I love that. Shit. Yeah. That's and I, I know we kind of brought that up earlier. Yeah. Like just the way that it's shot and the yeah. way that John Saxon plays it specifically is so yeah. good. Cause it's like this subtle where he kind of turns it very kind of slowly. There's a lot of things there, but it's like that scene's so good. And I'm like, Oh shit. This is like, it's, it's one of those, again, one of those weird interesting things that like that West did so well that like to turn that, in that moment and you kind of realize what's happening. You're like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just think he's, he's really good. Everyone's really on board too. Like all the actors, I think clearly from the behind the scenes stuff, you could tell they like, they loved Wes Craven and like yeah. want to do it for him. And like, everyone seems so dialed in on what they're doing. It's a weird concept. Like it's like, you're playing yourself, but not really yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, I, uh, well, that's also, I feel like that's like the, the West had like a weird, like he had definitely inspired devotion. Remember that was the whole thing. The, the story, most recently, they tried to do Scream 5. And I guess, like, every fucking person who they talked to, whether it be Kevin Williamson, whether it be Nev Campbell, like, whatever, were all like, I'm not doing a Scream movie without Wes. And then it was, like, it was only after 
talking to Radio Silence and them talking about how huge of fans they were of Wes and how important his work was to them that they kind of got won over. But I feel like that's the thing is like, I feel like most people that Wes worked with, like that dude just inspired intense devotion. Like mm-hmm. it was amazing actually. If you like look at, cause I don't know if any, if, if I can think of any filmmaker who had that where like people would flat out were like, nope, not doing it out him. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good, I don't think I'd ever heard that story that I knew that I knew they had to be coaxed and doing it, but I didn't know it was like that. Everybody was really kind of like that for the new scream. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, he, he, everyone talks about him. It's not like he's just a very nice, sweet guy, which again, I think is so funny that he came up with all these like really crazy messed up horror ideas. Like the man that made last house on the left, which is like, to me, one of the most disturbing horror movies I've ever seen. I don't really ever want to see it again. But I'm like, <laughs> then you hear he's like the sweetest, nicest guy, and everyone loves him, and he's so soft spoken and like intelligent and like, um, yeah, beloved by his cast members. And it's just, it's like, how did this guy come up with this fucked up shit? And he's like such a nice, well adjusted man, from what you could tell. I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I watched this too, and I, I was like, man, I miss Wes Craven because, uh, just seeing him in the movie and just how how well made it is. I'm like, he was really like one of a kind, even amongst like horror directors. He's unique amongst like the greats in the horror community. Yeah. And I mean, but at the very least thing I will say is it is a huge bummer that he is gone, but at the same time, he lives forever through what he has done. So like the fact that like this exists and like scream exists and like all of his stuff exists is a pretty fucking cool legacy i think like i i I would i would be more than happy to have that legacy personally yeah that's that's true that's a great point i mean like these directors now even if they didn't get like full credit when they were alive i I know rob and i just talked about like toby hooper and george romero specifically because he was some of the big four and i think you were mentioning this too uh the big four horror directors of course are like carpenter craven romero hooper and what a battle those guys had to make movies, especially Cooper Romero as such a, a battles to make movies. And it was like, they shouldn't have to make fight that hard to make movies later in their career because they're like, they're legends. But these guys are all getting like, I think more respect and admiration now after they've all passed. Carpenter obviously still with us. I hope he's with us for a long time. Oh, but me like, too. But I also think it's funny is like everybody keeps trying to give Carpenter his flowers. And he basically tells them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and the people always got to, I mean, he pissed him off all the time. You don't want to cross that man. I know I joke with Rob about this on the last episode, but you haven't heard it yet. But uh, the the Q and A clip that just came out, yeah, the Escape from LA like, one, yeah, Escape from LA thing blew my mind. I was like, you have a chance to ask uh, John Carpenter a question, and that's the shit that you go with. This like, to be fair though, that's fucking like you shouldn't be surprised because you are also prodigious on Twitter, and like there are people that's their entire lives. Like <laughs> it's just like. Oh hey, how can I be a fucking dick? <laughs> like so, it's right. just I mean, like that's true. That's true. Someone, an online troll, got loose in the real world and asked John Carpenter a question. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he rightly said, "Fuck you." I was like, "Yes, good." It's like as don't... he should have. Yes, as he should have. Like, what happened with Escape from L.A.? Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> like, so great. Um, oh man, but yeah. So, uh, if you don't have anything else on New Nightmare, which we both agree is fantastic, and I joked about like how I didn't want to do it when they won the poll, but I. I completely changed my tune. And like when I watched it, I was like, what was I thinking? This is a great movie and I love it. Um, and I had fun uh, talking about it with you. So 
Me too. I've I, this was. Oh, did you still want to do the ranking? I was gonna say before. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is the ranking. So if you want to go first, and you want to go, I guess from worst to first. Oh God. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the worst, if we're counting it, is the fucking remake because fuck that fucking movie. We'll, we'll count it, but I yeah, okay. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this might be controversial. I don't know. Uh, then it'll be five because I just I think that there is nothing special about five whatsoever. And it hurts me to say that because I love Stephen Hopkins, but there's just nothing special about that movie at all. Um, then probably Freddy's Dead. Um, then probably Nightmare 2. Um, then I would say 4. And then New Nightmare. And then um, Dream Warriors. And then the original. Okay. I, that's a very fair ranking, I think. Would you put Freddy's Dead ahead of 5 just because you think Freddy's Dead's like more weird and original than five yeah at least it has something, okay. at least it has something going for it like, there's nothing memorable about five at all like it's like <laughs> it's just it is the most fucking it's almost like somebody like you know like, you know they, they show those like ai writing scripts things it's almost like they did that for fucking nightmare <laughs> street five where it's like they just fucking plugged in a bunch of shit into a fucking computer and whatever got spit out was the script for fucking nightmare five like it's just there's nothing memorable about the movie i just it bums me out because like <laughs> I want to love it because Stephen Hopkins directed it, but it's so fucking mediocre. Like it is so mediocre. I do you love Stephen Hopkins? I, I know that one also unfortunately got gutted by the MPAA. Oh yeah, that's yeah, no. I mean there's definitely like yeah, there's 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 asterisks. I'm just saying <laughs> the product that I have, yeah, it's just yeah. fucking it's just okay. nothing special about it. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well uh okay, I'll do buy it here. So I yeah, the, the remake. Oh, I, I think I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I kind of walked around. I think I, for some reason, got the idea that it was better than its reputation. No. Uh, and then I rewatched it and said, oh, what the fuck was I talking about? I <laughs> can was... never rewatch it. I will never rewatch it if I can help it. I, yeah, I don't know what I was I was thinking because I, I and now I look back, I'm like, wait, I don't think I'm in front of the screeny. Why? There was something that got in my head in that like 10 year period where I was like, no, it's, it's better than people say it is. And I watched it again like a year or two ago. And I was like, oh no, it's shit. It's worse than I remember. <laughs> so uh, the remake, then I'll go Freddy's dead, even though I don't hate like everybody else does, but it's got problems. <laughs> and yes. uh, then I would go five. I've warmed up a bit to five. Uh, I think it's really dark. I think it's like, it's way, it's pretty fucked up, I think in its own way. Um, then I would go, oh boy, this is when it gets really tough for me. Um, Oh God. Uh then I'll go two. Then I'll go four. Then I'll go New Nightmare. Then Dream Warriors. And number one is the original. Yeah, so we're pretty close. We're pretty close. You said yours. I was like, okay, we're pretty close. I was making sure I got them all in my head. I was like, am I forgetting one? Uh yeah. So we're, yeah, we're we're pretty close. Like our top three, especially. Um and yeah, I it's it's I don't find many people that say anything besides like uh, nightmare uh, the first nightmare or dream warriors are like their favorites and new nightmare can sneak in there too because it's so radically different i think yeah. but like you, those are usually the top three in some order <laughs> like uh i've never heard anyone be like five's my favorite i'd be like what like what <laughs> like out of, a whole, out of all of them uh, i mean i do know people who um it's funny because like two is something where it's like when it, like for a long time i hated it when i was a kid um because basically like Freddy is not super like in a, a lot. Like it's, and it's like, it's not even like, it's also cause, like, it, it's, it's something where like when I get older, I watched it again and it was like, 
it's accident. It felt like it was accidentally interesting. Although now I think it was intentionally made that way. Right. But yeah. like as it existed, I was just like, oh. But and there, there are people because like, I always kind of thought of it as being kind of silly or something. But you watch the Scream Queen documentary, and like you see people who how fucking important that movie is to them, and I'm like, wow, fuck me for like kind of shitting in that movie because clearly that fucking movie means a lot to people. So like I can't, yeah. I can't fairly shit on it and i will not it's it's a, it's weird too it's a weird uh, funny enough that was the first nightmare movie i ever saw that was <laughs> the first one i was brave enough to watch at someone's like house for like a sleepover or something i was kind of like forced to watch it i was like oh shit i was like well i'm stuck here i can't be i can't, I can't chicken out and uh that one's i think kind of it's it's definitely got goofy parts do not get me wrong but oh, some yeah. of the stuff's very intense like when he like he's busting out of the bodies and like especially for someone at, at, at when i was really young and hadn't seen much horror stuff and like um was like this is very scary <laughs> like it's crazy when he attacks that like pool party barbecue yep. like that's it's a weird entry it's almost like a nightmare in the way that it like, feels like out of step with the rest of the franchise oh totally that, um but i i, so I kind of like it i i when i watch freddy's dead and i think i don't think it's that bad the, the franchise has no real like bottom besides the remake which feels like it's so set apart from everything else i that's why i barely even counted it but like i'm like no i really from top to bottom i kind of like this franchise like halloween has some real lows for me uh oh, like... I'm be, I, okay i am not arguing that halloween is without <laughs> it's like less than great entries because i already established my feelings about like raw zombies and there's others that i could go off on if and probably will in the course of chainsaws and claws but <laughs> like i'm just saying there is slightly more consistency in my estimation than the up and down nature of the nightmare franchise. But like, I, st I don't, I don't hate most of the nightmare franchise. And as I said, the fact that three of the nightmare movies are three of my favorite horror movies, like my top 20, top 25, whatever, that's fucking impressive as shit. Cause the only thing even close is, um, Two Fridays are in my top uh, 20 um, and Halloween is my favorite. But like in terms of the Nightmare franchise having three, that definitely says a lot for it as a franchise. I'm not in any way impugning the franchise. I'm just <laughs> saying there is some like serious up and down bullshit going on in terms of quality. Yeah, but I think like... I'm thinking of it more in terms of like they try to be kind of consistent with tying things together like there's connective tissue between almost all of them and they yes they but they also like abandon shit with no problem whatsoever they do, all the time they do abandon shit but like i mean halloween is just restarting timelines i mean it's just bananas like and I, like and i think some of the bottom stuff in halloween is like stuff i don't want to watch again but nothing in the the nightmare franchise is like stuff i don't like i never want to see that again again the remake is like its own thing but like the the main the core like seven seven right yeah seven yeah the core seven is like i'm good with any of those but like halloween i'm like i don't get mad at me if you like any so i'm sorry uh i don't want to see six again that's fair I, although i will say the producer's cut i do like i don't like the theatrical cut at all but i do like producer's cut i started with the producer's cut because everyone said watch the producer's cut and i still didn't like it so I'm like oh fair god how, fair how's enough. the theatrical and resurrection i think is terrible. i hate resurrection <laughs> 
really I thought I might find it fun. I think I watched it last Halloween or the Halloween before or October, you know, whatever. And I watched I it thought, recently and it still doesn't work. <laughs> I was like, this may be fun. And I'm like, no, it's not even like fun bad to me. It's just like aggravating. No, like, it's just horrifyingly shit. Buster Rhyme stuff is like so ridiculous, but you know, like it's like I don't know. It's not even yeah, it's not good. So there's stuff like that where I'm like those kind of movies where I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. So, um, I would put resurrection in five in about the same league. So it's like, where it's like, I don't, if you put them on, I won't fight you on it, but I'm not going to enjoy myself. (laughs) Halloween five, not nightmare. Halloween five five and nightmare five. No, 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 I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, no, Halloween five. I also, I don't love, but I do like better than resurrection, but no, if a dream child and resurrection are both things where I'm like, I don't enjoy this, but if you put it on, I won't fight you. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to watch either of these. These aren't good to me, but like, whatever. And like, Halloween 5, I don't love. And like, Halloween 6, the producer's cut, I enjoy. But like, I also, the lo- the bar was very low to start with. I didn't even want to watch it at first because like, the producer's cut, my roommate had gotten. And I was like, no, there's no fucking way <laughs> I'm watching uh-huh. Curse of Michael Myers again. And he was like, no, this, this is a different cut. This producer's cut. I was like, for fuck's sake, fine. And he put it on. I was like, that was actually pretty good. I don't hate that at all. <laughs> like, I was like, there's definitely still flaws, but it's definitely a massive improvement. <laughs> okay. Maybe I needed, like, the first one, to com- the theatrical, to compare to the producer's cut. And then I maybe would appreciate it more. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. But, um, I don't know. We could talk horror franchises, I'm sure, for <laughs> a very long time. But, um I'm glad we both agree Nightmare is awesome and yes. a great movie. So um I guess that's I guess that's it for this one. Um but I will let you go ahead and and plug all your stuff. People could follow you, anything you're working on, stuff like that. So Well, I mean, I'm currently you'll see me on very well by the time this come out, probably you'll see most of them already uh come down the pike of uh, I'm doing lots of I cause I already told you this where I started, where it was like all of our friends, like all of our like either like action nerd friends or just regular movie nerd friends. It's like, as soon as like spooky season rolled around, everyone was just like, hey, what's Patrick doing? And like, so I'm doing lots of podcasts for the month of October, but um, the main one that I will plug is the one that Rob and I are doing, which I have already mentioned, but I will mention again, which is Chainsaws and Claws, a monster slasher podcast, which is great friend Rob and I talking monster movies, slash movies, things of that nature that technically might not be in those you wouldn't think, but I have planned. There's always a plan. Um, and on Twitter and most things, because I have a link tree, I'm Alleyway Crew, A-L-L-E-Y-K-E-R-E-W, um, except for Instagram, where I'm Age of Apocalypse, because that was funny and I never changed it. <laughs> well, there you go. I just... Uh... I you know sometimes you get stuck with these handles and you're like, should I change this? Just keep it. And I have a handle for so long. I just, I just keep it. So, uh, but, um, but yes, everyone should be following you and looking for your podcast appearances. I'm glad to see you're doing all these appearances now on podcasts. It's very cool. So, thank um, you. uh, yeah. And hopefully I'll have you back on here for, uh, you know, before too long, hopefully not too long. So, um, always and- happy to do it. Uh, fantastic i'm i was trying to think on my side i blanked out for a second what do i say okay our stuff the usual <laughs> you can uh uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at film feast pod um you can follow me on twitter at maplet 87 um you can follow me and the podcast on instagram at film feast um all one word and i think i mentioned this 
when I talked to talk with Rob that um I never mentioned my letterbox, but I feel like people mention that. I, you know, feel free to follow me on Letterboxd. It should be the same handle as Twitter at MattBlood87. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, we've got a couple more horror episodes coming out in October to finish up the month. I'm excited about those. And um, yeah, I, we will talk to you guys next time. So bye, everybody. Bye.